Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. No surprise here, but you know I gotta have my devices when I travel. I would be lost without my smartphone. I use it for directions, to find things to do, and most importantly, where to eat. I rely on it as a digital music player to enhance my experience as I explore a new place. Oh, and sometimes I even use it to make calls and stuff. That's the kind of traveler I am. And if you travel, you know what kind you are, too. That's why you go with the Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, since that's the way we have this studio set up, and really we can't do it any other way, it's senior writer Jonathan Strickland. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, well, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, he doesn't tell me what quotes he picks before we do this, that's which true. is why I always chuckle because I'm going, oh, so you picked that one. Yeah. Um, but yes. Oh, we <laughs> So today we are we are tackling something that many people have asked us about. And boy, is that dangerous. You don't want to, in general, tackle a lion. (laughs) Sucker will take your head clean off. Uh, Yeah. And and if you're wondering why, because people have been asking about this for a couple months now and and we didn't get right to it. It's it's one of those things where we went, hey, this week we should do Mac OS X Lion. No, let's wait until next week. And then we, we found out that, uh, you know, something about Windows 8. They, they announced it at the, uh, the Microsoft developer conference. And we said, you know what? Now would be a good time for us to do one on Microsoft's 
new OS, and we'll do Lion as well. So yeah. Yeah, today we way, want to talk about Lion. Yeah, so we've, you know, I'm not exactly sure when we're scheduling these. We haven't, yeah. we haven't sat down and scheduled them. But we have a Windows 8 episode and we have a Mac OS X Lion episode. And we're recording both of them on the same day. Now, we've just finished recording Windows 8, but it may or may not have published yet. So we're going to just say that if this one's publishing first, don't worry, Microsoft fans, Windows 8 is coming. And if Windows 8 came out first, boy, I hope those Lion fans didn't get upset. Yeah. Because I didn't warn them at the beginning of that episode. <laughs> don't worry, Apple fans, you're, oh, we're recording it. Yeah. So let's talk about Lion. Now, first of all, it is part of the Mac OS X family of operating systems, all of which have names that are big cat names. Yes. Now, um, I want to point out, too, that uh, unlike Windows 8, which is coming out sometime in 2012, macOS Lion is available today as of the time we're recording this. Yep. And uh, But there is one big similarity, which is unlike in past operating systems, uh, the two of these are taking cues from the mobile world. Yeah. Uh, many of, of Lion's early reviews came back and said, hey, this looks an awful lot like the iOS, which is the operating system that's used on the iPod Touch, the iPhone, and the iPad. Um, and, and we've suspected for a while that the Mac OS and the iOS were converging on a, on a, uh, a similar point and that maybe we'll get to a point where they are practically indistinguishable from each other. Now, granted... Uh, you're always going to be able to, to run more complex and, uh, uh, resource intensive, um, applications on a desktop or laptop because it has more hardware resources to dedicate to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the actual experience of navigating the operating system should be pretty much, um, well, very similar. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where if you're familiar with one, the other feels natural to you. Yes, I think that these companies are trying to immerse you in their operating systems to the point where the whole environment, you have your tablet, you have your phone, and you have your computer of some kind, and they all look and operate very similarly. So right. you say, you know, I need a new phone, but I want to get the Q phone. No, I don't want to get the Q phone. I mean, everybody's got that, but I, I'm not familiar with that operating system, so I'm just going to stick with this. Yeah. And also, uh, we should point out that we are recording this podcast before the official launch of iOS 5. That's true. And iOS 5 is probably we, – we've already seen some hints of iOS 5 and what's going to involve and what's going to uh, – the feature, kind of features it's going to have. But we haven't had a full – uh, rundown of all those features. And it may very well be that once iOS 5 has gone live, that the resemblance between iOS 5 and Lion is even closer than what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been using Mac OS 10 since, uh, since its very first version. And like Jonathan said, um, these have all been named for big cats. Um, and uh, of varying sizes, they don't go in any kind of order. That no, I can it's tell. not like the cats get larger because Tiger was uh, a few versions ago and tigers are bigger than lions. Well, so you might be saying, what are these versions? They uh, and, and this is the other funny part. We have another number discrepancy, but this one at least is easier to explain than the Windows versioning system. Yeah. Um, there are seven previous versions to Mac OS 10.0. Seven, they are cheetah, puma, jaguar, panther, tiger, leopard, and snow, snow leopard. leopard. Um, the reason that there are seven previous versions of Mac OS ten and that this one is ten point seven is that uh, cheetah was actually ten point zero, um, and I can tell you that cheetahs really don't prosper. It was 
Yeah, it was clearly clunky. cheetahing the system. Yeah, but that was right after they acquired uh, the technology from Next. Would you say that Cheetah was a little spotty? So the thing the the, the thing is that uh, Mac OS ten point six Snow Leopard uh, was considered more of a a bug fix and incremental improvements. And a lot of the stuff was behind the scenes, stuff like Grand Central, um, which is not something you see and go, oh, wow, look at that thing. Yeah. It's, it was designed to improve the way the operating system handled information, and it was kind of supposed to be transparent. Right. Like, it's it's better, and the but I- there's not, like, yeah, the, a flashy new feature. Exactly. The idea was that this is supposed to improve the consumer experience without being intrusive. That is not the case with Lion. No, they Lion are... intrudes way the heck on <laughs> Lion prowls yes. on you. And I think I think uh you're seeing with both Windows 8 and Mac OS 10 Lion that the major operating system manufacturers are unafraid to make major changes to the operating system. And you know, we talked about this in the Windows 8 podcast which you may or may not have already heard. I think we should go ahead and schedule that first, shall we? Yeah, why don't we do that? So, uh, but, but we've talked about it before, but it's clear that operating system developers are really looking at how people are using the mobile version of operating systems and how quickly people adapt to that. And then they're, they're saying, well, what, what can we take from that design element and apply to a desktop or laptop model so that our operating system is just as intuitive and easy to use as the mobile version of that operating system. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are uh, there are tons and tons of new features. Yeah, and, more and, than two hundred and fifty. Yeah, and a lot of them are are less than exciting. Um, you you did touch on this in the uh, Mac OS X article yeah. you recently wrote about. Yes, for HowStuffWorks.com. Um, and and I mean there were things like VoiceOver which uh, supports 22 different languages mm-hmm. um, and makes it more accessible for people because you can actually have the computer read to you. Yeah, if you um, have an impairment, your visual impairment, then uh, this can be a way for you to work with this computer without, you know, make it, making it easier for you to access the applications and information on your device. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that, that I think a lot of people find less than exciting. But I think, you know, it's a, it's a nice feature. Um, and I just wanted to mention it simply because... It does make computers more accessible for more people. Can I tell you one of the features that I actually think is I'm yeah pretty excited about? And this, this is going to show you how lame I am. No, 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 no. Seriously, it really will. Okay, Launchpad. Launchpad. Launchpad is the uh, the quick uh, app that will open up a a box that shows you all the the uh, executable applications that are on your Mac. Yeah. So yeah. in other words, it shows all the apps that you can run in one view. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think this is cool is because I'm a lame-o. <laughs> I, I am used to using the Windows operating system. Right. When I say lame-o, I really mean I'm a Mac noob. I own a Mac, but I don't use my Mac that frequently. So I still don't know all the shortcuts because I just don't use it that, that much. I mean, I know that I could know them all if I actually put forth the effort. I just haven't done that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know all the shortcuts on accessing all the apps. And if it's not in my dock at the bottom of the screen, then I'm like, wait, where's my, where's the program I want to run? Cause I don't see the icon down here. And then I have mm-hmm. to open up finder and I have to find the thing. And I know all you Mac users out there are saying, Oh, come on. Well, a lot of the Mac users out there are probably using something like Alfred or, or, uh, um, Quicksilver. 
Yeah. You know, or, or a launch bar or something like that to, you know, there's a key command and then you could type in the name of the thing and it just opens. Yeah. See, there are things like that for Windows too. Right, right. Uh, It's just that I'm familiar with navigating through Windows. So I don't have any, there's no delay for me there because I've just, I've used it so, so much. Once you get in the Um, habit, you know. Yeah, exactly. Once you know the, once you know the way and you've used it a couple times, you're good. And I just haven't taken that, that, that time. Well, Launchpad. It opens up a window that shows you all the applications you can run. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you don't have to worry about hunting for it in the dock or if it's not there, where do you find it? Uh, if it's not on your desktop, what do you do? And um, and that, I think, is a great feature for people who are new to the Mac operating system. Yeah. Or people who just like the simplicity of doing it that way, frankly. Yeah, except that I think if you've been using a Mac for a while, you probably have so many apps that opening up a window that has all of them listed is not really a great solution. Which is why I use a launcher. Yeah, exactly. See, so for, so for someone who's used Macs quite a bit and have experience with lots and lots of applications, and they have lots of applications, mm-hmm. it's not an ideal uh, feature, but for someone who's brand new to the the operating yeah. system who doesn't know their way around yet, it is something that makes it much more user friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, if you're like me, and you know, it's kind of like the old dog new tricks thing, right? Yeah, I've had it beat into me that this is there's this very specific way that you go about to access the programs that are on your computer, and it's really hard for me to rewire that at this yeah. point because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm late. <laughs> Well, another another trick they've taken from the iOS book, and you know, there were a lot of people who were saying that they kind of thought that iOS might be moving to the Mac. Um, it's not there yet. No. This is definitely a, a unlike again Windows eight. This is definitely a there's a line yeah in between the two still. Yes, uh, but there are a lot of similarities, including the ability in Launchpad to group applications in folders, mm. as you would in an iOS device, and gesture navigation. Yeah, which actually, from what I understand, has caused some people to go bonkers. Yeah. Because uh, it's gesture, it's modeled after that mobile device um, experience. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when uh, when you are looking at a screen and there's more information on, uh, let's say it's a website. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at a website and there's more information below the bottom of the screen that you cannot see. The way you look at that on a, on a mobile device is you put your finger on the screen and you move your finger up and that pulls the page up so you can see the stuff that's lower down, right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, you flick up to see further down. Right. Well, if you're using a mouse with a scroll wheel, the traditional way to scroll through a, a, a web page that has more information further down is you dial that wheel toward you. Downwards, like mm-hmm. your fingers making a downward motion, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. So you're pulling the wheel toward you to scroll down. That ain't the way Lion does it. Lion apes the the model of the mobile device. So now, in order to scroll down, you you push the wheel up away from you, not toward you. Mm-hmm. So it's opposite what it used to be, which uh, when I first was reading the reviews and even Apple says, hey, you know, it's going to take you a little while to to learn this. And if you really hate it, you can change the settings. So it's not like Apple makes you do this. It's just it's set as the default. I read so many people like, how do I change my settings? I can't scroll anywhere. I have to hold my mouse upside down and I got to be underwater and it only works if bacon's on the stove. I don't know what's happening. There might have been a bit of hyperbole. (laughs) 
But yeah, it was one of those, that was one of the first things I saw was that it wasn't talking about how slick the interface it was. It was, I don't know how to scroll anymore. <laughs> yeah, the, the gesture navigation, um, is going to be easier for people who are using laptops. Yeah. With, and a, touch with, a, tr- with a touchpad. Um, of course, Apple or also Macs with a touchpad now. So right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they sell a magic, uh, what they call the magic touchpad. Yeah. Trackpad. Sorry. Yeah, and they also have the magic mouse. Yes, which you can, which you can, you can still, also you can scroll using your fingers. Yes. So, um, and do other gestures as well. Yes, I know some people who do gestures at them. Yes, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so you can you can do that. Another feature that I think is cool, again, sort of that falls in the same sort of bucket is mission control. Yes, uh, which is sort of a. Uh, a Refined version of expose, um, which is a feature on uh, a couple previous versions of the Mac OS where you can hit the, a button or use a, you know, a key command. Um, and it will show you every open window on, yeah. on your Mac. All now, the, all the active applications that are running at that point. Yeah. Now mission control shows you even more than that, including, uh, the dashboard, which is where widgets are found. Yeah. Um, any open window, uh, full screen applications. Oh yeah, that it also allows you, uh, Lion also allows you to use full screen apps. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. Yeah. So that, that models after the iPad. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, 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 it's kind of like a visual version of the task manager yeah. for Windows. For, yeah. So for people who are, who are used to Windows, who are thinking, what does this mean? All right. So when you pull up your task manager in Windows, you want to see all the applications that are currently running. Maybe you want to do that. So you, you know, you can make sure that you aren't running any unnecessary applications. So that way your, your computer is not running slowly, that kind of stuff. Same sort of thing, except this is a much more visual way of representing that. It, it actually literally opens up all the little windows so that you can get a, a bird's eye view of all the stuff that's happening on your Mac at that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Expose still exists, but Expose now uh, handles multiple app, uh, multiple windows in the same application, um, and you can you can control spaces, which is you know basically alternate desktops, um, which I use sometimes. Like for example, I'll have you know music playing in one window, and I really don't want uh, you know I have a, a browser window open where I'm working with all on all the tabs in that browser window are howstuffworks.com related where yeah. I'm looking up uh facts for uh the podcast or looking something up for or testing a, a page before it goes live and I don't want my music player in the same window I move it to another space so that I can you know keep my work stuff there and it helps me focus on work right um that's all part of mission control now uh, which I think is nice. And I actually like the idea of grouping applications. I thought that was cool about Windows 7. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of my big complaints about earlier versions of Windows was you'd have, you know, say three browser windows open. And after a while with all the other stuff that you have open, they, they, they're so th- sliver thin that you can't tell which window is which without, you know, tabbing through them. Right. Um, and I like that, that Windows 7 does that. And I think that this is also a nice feature in macOS Lion. There are a couple it's of, a little different. But. There are a couple of features in Lion that I think are like killer features. Okay. Features that make me want Lion and make me want to buy a new Mac. Okay. And, and this is coming wow, that's from, impressive. yeah, this is coming from someone who doesn't use that many Mac applications. Okay. But I just, I love the fact that it's built into the operating system. Okay. Um, the first being the autosave feature. Yeah. Which and is, this is not, I can't stress how important that is. <laughs> that, this is another feature that I think a lot of people consider unglamorous. 
Uh, and you have apps that do autosave. Yeah. I mean, for all operating systems, but this brings it across the entire operating system. Yes. Uh, so basically anybody who's using that part of the API for the Mac OS, you know, it's got it plugged into the operating system. Right. It's going to autosave for you. And it, it's a, it's kind of similar to, uh, to Time Machine if you've ever yeah. used that. It's, it, and there are actually three components mm-hmm. to autosave. There's the autosave component where it's saving the state of the computer automatically. Mm-hmm. So that way, should you, uh, should you shut down prematurely or whatever, the loss of power or whatever, you're able to get back to a state that's very close to what you were at before the power went down. I love that. Um, there is, uh, the resume feature, which is part of autosave. Resume is where it picks up right where you left off. So let's say that you're in a document and you're editing a document. Chris does this occasionally. So you're editing a document and you have to shut down because it's time for you to go somewhere else. And you're you're in the middle of editing. So you, you save your progress and you shut down and you go. Well, Resume lets you, when you launch that application again, it's going to open up exactly where you left off, including the cursor position. Yeah. Which – So if you're working on page 16 – you're on page still 16 right and there. the cursor is exactly like, yeah, if you were, you, if you leave your cursor right where you left off, so that way you're, you say, okay, from this point forward, I need to continue editing, but I've done everything, uh, previous to this point. Now that sounds, that might sound really mundane to you, but this is a, a huge help for people who do a lot of content creation and editing. Speaking as someone who does a lot of writing, this is incredibly important because sometimes, once in a while, I'll write an article and I'll be on page three of my article and I realize, hey, there's this cool thing I should have written in page two. And uh, or maybe there's something that should be page three. And this what I'm working on right now should really be page four. And I'll go back and I'll insert a new page and I'll start typing stuff. And then I have to quit and I have to go do something else and I have to come back. Well, having it pick up exactly where I left off means that I spend less time going through this document that I've been working in and figuring out where I need to pick up from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if I worked in a very chronological timeline specific way, it wouldn't be necessary because I would just go to the first blank spot in the document and that's where I would need to start. That's not how I work. So that feature to me is really important. Mm-hmm. And a third one, uh, is the versions feature. Yes. Now, versions, what that lets you do is look at the various iterations of whatever the file is or the, whatever the app is so that you can uh, see what what its status was each time it was saved. Okay. So here's the scenario. Hit me with it. I, uh, I was working on a project my senior year in college on my Amiga. Mm-hmm. Um, I had written. They this... had Amigas back when you were in college. Yes, they did. Were they made out of wood? Oh, stop it. Okay. So I was working on the on this one paper for my class. It was due. I, I can't remember exactly what time, but it was you know afternoon. It was like two p.m. or something like that. And I don't know. I got really good at the keyboard command for saving. So you know, like you know, Amiga S to save it because they had you know keys like the uh, Apple Command key. So you know. Or the Windows key. So, uh, you know, I saved the, the document, you know, I'd type, 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 and I'd save it. Because I'd learned the lesson that we all learn many times where we don't save something and you come back and you go, ah, what happened to it? Somehow. He, by the way, he does sound like that when it happens. Yeah. I was, I was ready to do this. I was going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to save this and print it. I hit, I, I hit something. I hit select all, deleted it, saved it, and closed it. 
somehow I just fat fingered it. Wow. So and so like the worst possible case. I deleted scenario. the entire paper minutes before it was due. If I had had a feature like this, I could have gone to the previous version of the paper and at least had, I don't know, nine and three quarters of ten pages left to, you know, finish my conclusion or whatever it was that I was doing. I, I procrastinate. I, I, you know, By so the way, me. because of this, it's why uh, Chris does not own Facebook. If you look exactly. at that, that splitting path, if he had just saved it, yes, he would be a multi-billionaire. No, and instead he's sitting at this little table with me. Yes, please shoot me now. Sad no. trombone. <laughs> um. So yes, that is a very incredibly useful feature to be able to go back. Or if you've written something, you go, ah, you know, that stinks, and then the next day you, you know what, maybe that did. What did what did I write? Yeah, that, maybe that didn't stink. Well, now you can go find out. Yeah, and and the other, uh, you know, because I said there were two big things that I thought were really important. Yeah, what's the other one? The other one is AirDrop. Ah, yeah, that's a nice feature. AirDrop is, again, because setting up a home network is not necessarily difficult. Right. But there is a level of familiarity you have to reach in order to get to this point where you can set up a home network where it's easy for you to share files across devices. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, not everyone knows how to do that. They might know, oh, well, I use this router and that allows me to access the Internet, but they don't know how to send files from computer A to computer B without emailing it or something. Right. Sneaker net. Right. Put it on a flash drive. Yeah, exactly. Walk it over. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's because there's still that barrier there. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that no. the average user doesn't know how to do that. Right. AirDrop is getting around that. AirDrop is a way that you can share files. You can transfer files across from one Mac to another as long as they're both in Wi-Fi range. And it doesn't matter what network the two machines are on. Mm-hmm. Which is phenomenal to me. You've got like your own little local area network that just exists for as long as they're in Wi-Fi range of each other. Mm-hmm. So if you have multiple uh, Mac OS X Lion devices running or computers running, we should yeah. just say computers because it's not really devices, computers running, then you can airdrop a file from one to the other and share you know, just it, it'll go through as fast as the the uh, Wi-Fi speeds allow, mm-hmm. which is pretty phenomenal. I mean, it makes it makes that networking and sharing so much easier, and you don't have to fiddle with things like email or putting it on a flash drive and walking it on over. Yeah, and it's it's a little easier to configure. And um, in addition to that, you might be saying, "Well, you know, that sounds kind of dangerous to me. What if somebody else is lurking around outside?" Uh, the uh, the Connection between the two during airdrop is encrypted. Yeah. So it should be theoretically impossible for somebody to capture the transfer and, and get at you in that way. And if not impossible, very, very improbable. Well, you, you know that I, I hate to speak in definites because there's despite, always going to be an exception to the rule. Until we get to quantum encryption, I don't know. Except for that rule. There's never going to be an exception to the exception to the rule rule. I mean, you know, nothing moves faster than the speed of light unless it does. Is the top still spinning? <laughs> so uh, what about File Vault? File that's, Vault. That's similar. It's uh, an encryption uh, technique. Now, people complained about File Vault, which didn't have a one, but File Vault 1. They're calling it 2 now. Yeah, File in Vault li- in Dos. Uh, because there were... Zwei. <laughs> there were, let's say, problems with it. Yeah. Um, not that it was bad. Right. People use it and it works, sure. but 
um, there have been problems getting at some of the things in there. And, and so File Vault 2 is an improved version of the whole disk encryption uh, scheme that was in previous versions of the operating system. Now, this is important if you are using a uh, Mac to work on sensitive material. Let's say it's for work. And you work at a, a company where you've got uh, uh, sensitive corporate files on your Mac. Well, something like File Vault is important just in case should that that computer ever leave your side for any reason, someone else doesn't have access to that information. That's the I mean, it's just it's the point of encryption, and the and Lion has built it in directly into the operating system, so that it's. And at least in theory, easier for you to to uh, activate. So you're not going to be, um, you know, having to hunt for a third party solution to encrypt your information. It also supports external drive encryption. Yep. And uh, it is 128 bit encryption. So it is pretty thorough and it will work on the entire drive. Uh, it also offers you an instant wipe feature. Yep. So if something you lose the laptop. You can, or, well, I don't know if you can do it remotely. So I take that back. But you the, can, you can wipe it. You can wipe the entire drive. Uh, let's say you, you know, you're done with this computer, but you want to give it to someone else. Right. Uh, you sure. could, you could have it go ahead and wipe the entire drive and give it to them knowing that it's done. Let's it's say not coming back. You're yourself. sitting at your desk and the feds are coming and you're thinking, oh no, Lulzsec is going to be so mad at me. You know, legal is going to be all over your case. I'm just saying. Lulzsec, you know, the feds are after you. We know this. Man, oh man. That's common knowledge. That's in the news. <laughs> so, uh, then there's also, uh, uh, Lion also has the Lion recovery feature. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you're, if one of your discs is damaged, and when I say a damaged disc, I don't necessarily mean physically damaged, uh, then you can, uh, have a, a full re- reinstall of OSX Lion without having to require you use a physical disc to right. do it. Mm-hmm. So um, it also helps you restore from things like a time machine backup, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's the uh, – you know what we didn't mention? What didn't we mention? The f- Mac OS X Lion, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the first of the Mac operating systems which you could just download directly from the Mac App Store. Yeah, I was going to, to bring that up if we were done talking about specific features because some of the features aren't features. This is this is brand new for for uh, Mac and um, another thing that they did, which was sort of unusual, because uh, both Windows and Apple have, or Windows and Macintosh operating systems recently have come with sort of uh, higher prices, mm-hmm. uh, depending on which version of Windows you're buying. I mean, you can buy a, a cheaper version. The Mac OS until Snow Leopard had been retailing for about $129 for the next version of the operating system. And then with uh, Snow Leopard, they offered it for $29 saying, hey, well, you know, it's an incremental upgrade. It's it's kind of small. Yeah. Lions stayed at that price point and is now digital download, which, which is going is- to cause people to go, aha, so if you don't have to print manuals and uh, press discs and arrange for distribution. You can charge less for things. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely that, puts the, to... it puts the pressure on other, uh, operating system developers. Yes. Yes. Um, specifically you know, ones that rhyme with Microsoft. Yes. Well, you know, the Linux operating system manufacturers, most of those are offer free, free distributions. Yeah. yeah. Usually with or the distribution. Low cost distributions. Yeah. Usually, usually the distribution is free and support is what you end up paying for. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is kind of a new thing. Now they do offer, again, not everyone has access to high speed internet. 
That's true. So they offer a, a thumb drive version, which came out after the initial release of Lion. I, I believe it's $69 to get a thumb drive with Lion installed on that. But um, they, Apple has been pushing the move from uh, physical format software, a disc with the software on it, to digital downloads. Of course, they were doing that with the Mac App Store. Um but, uh, but this is, they're, they're actually, I mean, to download your operating system, that's yeah. kind of a new thing. Um, one thing that Lion doesn't have that may completely prevent me from switching my current Mac over is Rosetta. Uh, Rosetta was, um, of course, several years ago, Mac, uh, computers moved from the, uh, IBM PowerPC architecture to Intel's x86 architecture. Right. Rosetta was a technology built into the operating system prior to Lion, so Snow Leopard and before, that allowed you to run PPC apps on the Intel architecture. Yeah, You'd have the it's universal just, binary. It's a translator. Yeah. Yeah. It's not included and you can't get it for yeah. Lion. So, so if you, if you are transferring, when you, when you install Mac OS X Lion to a machine, the mm-hmm. previous, you know, you already own a Mac and now you're upgrading your operating system. It will port over all your applications from your old Mac into this new operating system unless they rely on this translation. Yes. Because it doesn't, it's not supported within Mac OS X Lion. So you, those applications will remain untouched and alone in the desert crying softly. Yes. So these legacy apps, that's going to be a problem. Yes. Now I, I suppose I could partition my hard drive and run Lion on a separate partition. Um, but uh, right now I'm kind of running low on hard drive space. Are you still using those legacy apps regularly? Well, one the one that I've seen most frequently mentioned is Intuit's Quicken 7. Mm. Um, ah. Quicken, there's a newer version of Quicken that will run on Lion, but it is the, the Essentials version. So it's not as... Feature rich. Feature rich as previous versions of, like the full version of Quicken. Now, right. uh, um, that's not Apple's fault. Nope. But people who use Quicken a lot, like my my spouse who uh, keeps track of all our finances on Quicken, uh, probably would prefer to continue. Now, you know, we don't we haven't tried the other version, so I don't know. But there are other things too. Um, some of the games I play are for earlier versions of the Mac operating system, and I would like to continue to be able to play those games. So I might leave this particular Mac on Snow Leopard and the next wait for the next uh, computer purchase to what be live. Playing Marathon. No, not Mar- I do. I have a copy of Marathon. No shock here. Yeah. Well, you know, stuff like uh, Rise of Nations and Age of Empires. So. I'm just wondering, like, gosh, playing those old games. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, actually, Occasionally, I like to pop open an RC Cola and eat a Moon Pie while I'm doing it. Warcraft 3. <laughs> Warcraft um, 3? Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's not that old. Well, okay, yeah, it is. No, it's, it's pretty old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Burning Monkey Solitaire? Well, there you go. So there you go. If you've got burning monkeys in it, I'm on board. See? And that's why I'm sad that Freeverse discontinued all their burning monkey apps. So, uh, one other thing that's kind of interesting. Now, if you have, if you download, uh, Lion from the App Store, you can install it on all the computers that you own and control. So you don't have to buy a family license. Right. If you own and control 10 Macs in your house that can run Lion, Apple is okay with you installing Lion on all those machines. Which is pretty amazing. With $129 upgrade price. That's pretty phenomenal. And I'd like to see other operating system manufacturers do that too. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it's an operating system. And there's some stuff we haven't talked about. I mean, Mac OS X Lion supports uh, FaceTime. 
Yep. So you're able to uh, in, do the video calls with people who have an iPhone 4 or an iPad 2. Yeah, of course you can you can do that with the earlier. You can download FaceTime on yeah. earlier versions, but it comes this bundled in. Yeah, with this Line. one's incorporated directly into the operating system. They've improved Mail. Uh, there's a new widescreen view on Gosh, Mail. I never, I never used Apple Mail. Um, ever. One of the things I like about Apple Mail is that it allows you to use all different kinds of accounts, including Microsoft Exchange accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have your personal account on, say, Yahoo or Gmail or uh, AOL, you can use that and. Check your work mail with Exchange. Now, and we'll, uh, you know, update your iCal. iCal is also up- updated. I never use iCal either. Yeah, well. Well, and here's the other thing is that, uh, the, we should also point out this is, as we record this podcast, OS 10 line is still pretty young. Yes, it is. Right? There, it has moved to dot one though. It's, it's a cub. Uh, it's a cub. so there are some third party, like sound workstations that are not yet supported. Yeah. By Lion. So, Depending on what you use your Mac for, there may be things that you can't do just yet because it's just not yet supported by Lion. And that's um, true of any operating system when it goes through a, a change like this. It also has one one well-known bug. Yes. Safari. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just hate that browser. <laughs> well, I know you do, but you don't have to use it. No. As a matter of fact, the Mac version of Chrome is quite nice, and I know you like Chrome. Yeah. No, it's... The Mac version of Chrome is is uh, is uh, uh, acceptable, but acceptable. yeah, Safari I just can't stand. I still okay. can't stand it. You know, I mean, what else can I say? Okay, I well, called it a bug. So I, I know. Guess it's about as bad I as know. It I was, was going. I don't know of a bug in Safari. <laughs> no, no, it is the bug. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you're interested and if you're interested in making the switch and you're concerned about which apps will and won't work, um, I suggest a site called roaringapps.com, like roaring like a lion does. Hey, uh, how about that? And they have a table uh, that you can look at and see which apps are and are not functional in lion. And I suggest uh, looking carefully at the comments because some people, uh, you know, do what Jonathan just did. <laughs> go, I hate this app. And I'm like, yeah, but does it work? So, yeah, some people like me troll. So yeah, they're, they're, that was totally a trolling, flame baiting content comment. I, I I fully admit that. So make make sure you check to see if it, if people are actually reporting that it isn't working or right, they're just right. snarky comments about you know I don't and, like this. And developer. of course, if you're buying a new a new Mac, then it's gonna Lion's gonna be what's the operating system that's on the computer. So you're gonna see these features. And um, if you're buying a new Mac, well then you don't you're not worried about porting over old. Uh, apps probably. I mean, you might be, I guess. You could be buying a new machine and porting all your stuff from an old machine to your new machine, but. Yep. And it also will, uh, will port some information over from Windows. So. Huh. At least that's my understanding of it. Interesting. Um, so yeah, if you have an, if you were ready to make the switch, if you decided that, uh, you do like the Mac OS and you've been using a Windows machine, it, it can do some of that for you. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, we're seeing, I, I think as the mobile devices that Apple produces continue to dominate in the market, um, we're going to see this operating system kind of emulate that more and more until it's pretty much a seamless experience from one device to another. Uh, it's proven to be a, a, a popular model and um, it might just make uh, Apple's Mac share go even higher. Um, yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, yeah, according to, I just wanted to check before I, uh, found out for sure 
whether or not I needed to uh, completely re-record the section I already talked about. Uh, it will move Windows home directory folders, including music pictures, uh, documents, downloads, browser bookmarks, and settings, um, Outlook and Windows Live Mail. Um, so, yeah, it really will migrate a lot of your personal information from Windows. So that's... Um, it's interesting too that and the the fact that they promote boot camp and as an opportunity to install Windows on your Mac. Um, you know, thinking back to the days where there was uh, high pitched animosity between the two companies, and now Apple's going, you know what, and use ours and install theirs. It's all right. Yep. Uh, we'll help you move over if you want to stay with it. It's okay. Well, if it means it's kind of they, funny. If it means that they move more machines, of course they're going to do that. And they have been. Yeah. The, the recent sales figures I've seen suggest that Apple is selling more machines. Of course, that still means that they have a tiny market share, but but it's growing. Yeah, it is I mean, growing. You know, before it was so small that you know most people just dismissed Apple outright. But over the past few years, they the company's proven you know don't dismiss us. That's a mistake, and uh, that's kind of proving true. Yep. So we'll see if Lion continues that trend. Yep. And again, we we've mentioned a lot of stuff that uh, that we like about Lion, and there are many, many more features that we didn't talk about. So please let us know if you uh, if you have a particular feature that you thought was cool and that we didn't get to. Yeah, we'd like you, to hear about it. And if you're a Safari fan, oh. I'm sorry. You know, okay. I hope I hope you find help soon. Oh man! So uh, if you guys want to write us and let us know what you think, <laughs> okay, I'll admit to that. I really do have that. I just can't stand it. Um, but if you guys want to uh, hear more about any particular topic, let us know. Email us. Our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Or you can drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Drop us a lion. A lion on Facebook or Twitter. Rawr. That handle is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will roar at you again really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House of Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of Work's iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 